0: Welcome to True Paranormal, the podcast, with your host, Leo Rizzutti. Every week, we will explore such topics as ghosts, demons, poltergeists, haunted history, time shifts, cryptozoology, and other aspects of the paranormal through listener-submitted accounts, documentary studies, and interviews with the investigators that dedicate their lives to searching for proof of the unknown. So get a fresh cup of coffee, dim the lights, relax. Get ready for a short visit to the realm of the true paranormal. Hey guys, Leo Rizzuti here. Welcome to another episode of True Paranormal, the podcast. It is the first week in February, and that means it is just after Groundhog's Day. Now, I'm not sure if the groundhog saw his shadow, or if he didn't see his shadow, or even what either one of those means but i know that it is still very much winter outside here in cleveland so i'm gonna assume we're gonna have at least six more weeks of that yay we have got a jam-packed show lined up for you guys tonight we are going to be looking at the subject of evps uh we're going to be sharing some evps with you guys and again as i promised last week i'll be sharing one that i recorded while doing the podcast which is kind of neat and also what is considered by many to be the scariest EVP of all time. So buckle up and get ready for that. For starters, what is an EVP? Now, EVP, of course, stands for Electronic Voice Phenomenon. And one would think that this pertains only to voices. But in actuality, EVPs could be any number of sounds, including things like music or animal noises or even ambient environmental noises that you don't hear with the human ear, but that come across on tape. Things like machinery and footsteps and doors shutting, things like that, that you know you didn't hear and you know didn't actually happen, but somehow were caught in the recording. Generally, there are sounds that are recorded that are not physically heard, although every once in a while you'll hear somebody talk about an EVP and they'll say, I thought I heard a murmur, but it was nowhere near as clear as what the recording caught. Uh, And They're often above or below the range of human speech, which takes the element of uh, fraud or of mishearing things out of play. Because I don't care how good you are, you can't speak below or above human speech. EVPs have a fairly long history. The first EVP ever recorded, to my knowledge, was one that was recorded by Valdemar Bogoros in 1901. Now, Valdemar was an anthropologist, and what he was doing was he was going around to shamans and to villages and recording the languages and songs and beliefs of the indigenous tribes in Siberia. He would go out to the tribes, and he would set up a very early recording device, essentially just a phonograph with a wax cylinder on it, and would record what he ran into, Amazingly enough, on one of those recordings, he got something he wasn't really expecting. In 1901, he took his phonograph and visited a tribe called the Chukchi in Siberia. Now, during a series of recording sessions, he set it up so that the shaman was in one corner of this large tent that they were in, and he was doing uh, apparently a dance and banging on a drum, and it was essentially a practice that was intended to entice spirits to come in. In the meanwhile, Bogoross himself was in the other corner opposite the tent and obviously observing what was going on, while the phonograph itself was by itself in the middle of the tent. Uh, what ended up happening was he not only recorded the shaman, but apparently he recorded a couple of different things going on there, neither one of which were apparent inside the tent at the time. Uh, Now, I will tell you that these recordings are not easily accessible to the public. Uh, The complete sets owned by the American Museum of Natural History in New York City, and it's also on file at the Archives of Traditional Music at the University of Indiana in Bloomington. So if you are in either one of those areas, perhaps you could go by there and check out the full length of it. Uh, These are very interesting recordings. They are not what we would traditionally consider these days to be evps they are in my mind very primitive they are very strange sounding to say the least but they're also i i kind of put them in the same category of when you have the ghost photographs of the turn of the century where you would have people that would pose for spirit photographs things like that so I'm not sure what's going on with these specific recordings but I can tell you that they have been analyzed over and over and over again and the folks that do the analyzing always come back with that there's no fraud that there's nothing that is been tampered with or anything like that and honestly they can't if you're to take the anthropologist at his word they cannot explain what is going on in these so let's take a listen to those Now in this first excerpt you can hear a shaman's voice in the background and his drum pretty faintly because he's, like I said, he's in the corner of the tent and it's pretty, pretty a distance away before the spirit, who is apparently a deceased American, begins to speak. He sounds like he is right in front of the phonograph, which of course is by itself in the center of the tent and speaking directly into the horn in the phonograph because it is really, really loud compared to everything else. Now the spirit mimics the shaman and then he Apparently becomes kind of agitated and then starts at the end laughing off when he gets done. So it's kind of a neat recording and I'll let you guys have a listen to that. recording for Bogoross was one that is kind of in the same vein it is the same situation the same shaman is in the corner Bogoross is in the other corner but this time it is a wolf howling into the phonograph. and again this is something that according to Bogoross there was no animals nearby there were no ambient noises there was nothing that was to be expected like this on the recording And he only actually discovered it after he got back from his expedition and was analyzing his recording. So kind of a neat thing to think about. And let's take a listen to that one. So there you go, guys. Uh, The first EVPs ever recorded. Uh, Kind of a neat little history lesson there. Uh, Bogoros was, again, he was taken at his word. He was very much held in high esteem in science and in anthropology during his time. And there's no reason to think that he would defraud something like this. So kind of a weird uh, recording and not, again, what we would expect to hear from an EVP these days, but from a historical standpoint, really, really neat and I'm really glad that I was able to grab some excerpts of these because, again, they are really, really tough to find. And I wanted to share those with you guys. The rest of the history of EVPs, you know, goes into Edison. Edison was kind of obsessed with them for a little while. He started developing a method for communicating with the dead shortly after his mother died. In fact, in 1920, an article appeared in American Magazine entitled Edison Working to Communicate with the Next World. Later on, he was quoted uh, by one of their writers as saying, If our personality survives, then it is strictly logical or scientific to assume that it retains memory, intellect, and other facilities and knowledge that we acquire on this earth. Therefore, if we can evolve an instrument so delicate as to be affected by our personality as it survives in the next life, such an instrument, when made available, ought to record something. Now, while his devised machine was started, it was never finished by Mr. Edison before his death in 1931. The machine was later named the Thomas Edison Communicator and is believed by some to have been completed by others through experimentation and using Mr. Edison's surviving notes. In 1959, getting a little closer to the present, Friedrich Jurgensen, a Swedish opera singer, painter, and film producer who is considered by most to be the father of EVPs, was recording the songs and noises of birds while out for a stroll. When he played back his recording, he heard his deceased mother's voice saying, Frederick, you're being watched, and "Friedel, my little Friedel, can you hear me? After realizing what he captured, Mr. Jurgensen entered into a recording frenzy in hopes of recontacting his mother and other deceased relatives. Before his death in 1964, he recorded an innumerable amount of tapes in which many more voices of the deceased were collected. They were tested by scientists, radio experts, and sound technicians. However, none of them could find a valid technical reason for this phenomenon. Mr. Jurgensen also published two great books before his death, Voices from the Universe and Radio Contact with the Dead. One thing that I remember from uh, reading about Jurgensen when I was younger was that he would have occasion to have scientists over to listen to some of his recordings. And one panel he had was an international panel from scientists all over the world. They had scientists from England and America and Japan and Germany and France and India, things like that. And they were listening to these recordings and, and suddenly one of the scientists jumped up and pointed towards the recorder and screamed out, that's Hitler's voice. And sure enough, you could hear Hitler on the recording talking emphatically to another person about either justifying what he had done or apologizing for what he had done. So kind of a neat experience there. Later in the 60s and 70s, American researchers George and Jeanette Meek and psychic William O'Neill recorded hundreds of hours of EVP with radio oscillators and EVPs started to become a widely practiced arm of paranormal research. These days, researchers use multiple methods for capturing EVPs, some of which we'll cover later on in the show. Now, the biggest question that gets asked is simply, how does the entity record into the device or the tape? There are, of course, multiple theories. The most basic theory is, obviously, that the spirit simply speaks into the recorder the same way that you and I speak. The problem is, obviously, spirits do not possess vocal cords or physical means to create vibrations to be picked up by recording devices. That being said, if objects can be moved by spirits and they can physically contact us, such as, you know, when a spirit touches you or scratches you, who's to say that they can't vibrate air to create sounds? Most researchers don't support this theory, since the vast majority of EVPs cannot be physically heard when they are recorded, which would be a necessity in this example. Now, a very popular theory is that the spirits are interacting with fields of electromagnetism, or EMF, in order to manipulate the device and create a recording. This is probably the most widely accepted theory among researchers. The fact that recording devices such as tape recorders and digital voice recorders operate solely on electromagnetism for recording purposes give quite a bit of credence to this theory. Another popular theory is that spirits simply use ambient noise, which they warp or manipulate into whatever they wish to say. This is kind of the theory that has given rise to the popularity of things like spirit boxes and white noise generators in conducting investigations. Other theories include the thought that the person holding the recording device acts as kind of a medium, transferring the sounds to the device in some way, or that all EVPs are simply residual noises that are etched into space-time and recorded by devices that are unknowingly attuned to receive those residual broadcasts. Kind of the thought that if you have a recording in space-time, your recorder is making a recording of a recording, which is kind of neat, but also a little out there. Um, Not really sure how that would work, but it is definitely one of those theories. Now, all of those theories have some element of validity to them, and... They all have their advocates and their detractors, just like pretty much everything else in the paranormal community. The best idea is to always just keep an open mind as to what the causes of EVPs are and to simply enjoy studying the results. Now, I can tell you one of the most common questions that investigators get on the subject of EVPs is what equipment to use. I personally started off with a basic handheld tape recorder. Now, over the years, I caught dozens and dozens of great EVPs with this simple technology. Of course, it's got its drawbacks, especially in transferring it to a computer for analysis, but at the time, it was the best technology going. These days, most investigators, including myself, use digital handheld recorders. They come in a wide range of styles and prices, and some are obviously better than others. Now, I won't recommend specific models right now, uh, but generally speaking, don't go for the cheapest one that you can find. In this area, especially when you're going to be trying to capture something fairly faint and obscure, quality definitely counts, and you get what you pay for in most cases. The most important thing in capturing EVPs is that you set yourself up for success. It not only relates to the equipment that you choose to use, but just as importantly, the environment that you are in, and the method that you implement. I would rather set myself up for success and catch three or four really great, bulletproof pieces of evidence because I knew that I wasn't mishearing things and catch dozens of things that could be easily explained away simply because I didn't take the steps to protect the integrity of my recordings. Here's a few tips to capturing great and, more importantly, bulletproof EVPs. First of all, always respect the unknown. As silly as this sounds, always ask any entities present if you can record them. Also, make a habit of using please and thank you when recording. Courtesy matters, no matter the state that a being might be in, and you'll generally have better results, I find, when you use banners. Make certain that whatever you're trying to record understands what you're doing and what your equipment is. You Think about it, if you're trying to get recordings of an entity that is from the 1900s, there's no way that they're going to recognize what your device is. So take some time and explain what you're trying to do, that you're trying to communicate with them, and that they need to speak into your device. Use phrases like, talk into the little red light, for example, if your recorder is so equipped, or if you're using a microphone, talk into the stick. Everybody can understand that. Make sure that early in your recording, you identify all living people that are present, and have them state their own name. Not only does that seem to set entities at ease, but it also kind of gives you an example of voices for reference during analysis later on. Now, when starting your recording, always state the date, the time, the location, and conditions such as weather at the onset. If there's anything going on in the background, if you say, hey, we're doing this investigation and there is Tuesday, July 4th on 9 o'clock at night and there is a moving van across the street. That way there's an opportunity for you to be able to filter out any background noises that you could mistake for something else. Do not whisper. (laughs) Now this sounds silly, but do not whisper, okay? I cannot tell you how many times I've been with novice investigators who want to whisper during recording sessions. This only leads to heartbreak when you think that you've captured a great AVP, only to find that it was Billy Bob whispering because he didn't want to disturb anything. Trust me on this. Speak in a normal tone of voice if you need to, or better yet, don't talk at all if you don't need to. If something like a whisper happens, however, make sure and note it verbally on your recording. And if you're in a group investigation and you leave your recorder running in one spot, which is a practice I like to do a lot, make sure that everybody in your group knows where that is so that they can be conscious of it and have them verbally announce if they're coming into the room or going to come close to it. That way you don't mishear background noise that's actually them entering and leaving the room. Make sure that if there is any strange background noises, such as sneezes or cars or trains or things like that, that you make a note of it on your recording. Make sure to give time for an answer. Now, sometimes it might take as long as 30 seconds to hear a response. So take your time. This is not a race. This is not a sprint. The whole point of this is for you to get evidence. And the best way for you to give evidence is to put a question out there and just Let whatever is going to happen, happen. Make sure to bring extra batteries along with you and leave them in your car if at all possible. Believe me on this. Uh, Haunted locations are notorious for draining batteries, whether they're in the devices or not. So you might have fresh batteries, but if you've got them in your pocket while you're walking around, don't be shocked if the batteries are dead when you go to put them in your device. Follow the old Boy Scout motto and just be prepared. Lastly, try to have some great standard questions that you ask during investigations. Some good examples are, is there anyone here that would like to speak to us? My name is blank. We're not here to harm you. Can you please tell us yours? I'm 45 years old. How old are you? Is there anybody else here with you? Can you show yourself to us? Can you knock on the wall a couple of times for us? You can get kind of personal, and you can say things like, I have six kids, and their name are da 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 Then ask, do you have any children? What are their names? This is a nice place. Is this your home? How long have you lived here? What's your favorite song? Would you like us to leave? Do you want to leave here? Can we help you in any way? Do you want to tell us something? things like that are conversation starters with spirits that get great responses. And what I would also do is I would also catalog anytime you have a specific question that seems to get a good response. Or if you have an experience where you get great responses, note everything you can on that. Who was with you? What the weather conditions were like? Amazingly enough, electrical storms seem to kick up EVPs, which is, which is kind of logical if you think of it. There's energy in the form of electricity in the air in an electrical storm, and spirits need energy in order to create EVPs. So think of things like that whenever you're analyzing your recordings, and make a note whenever you have a really, really good session, and try to replicate that as much as possible. Now for the time you guys have all been waiting for, we're finally going to get around to listening to some EVPs. Uh, These are some great examples of EVPs captured in the line of investigations, and most of them were secured by the great guys at the Missouri Paranormal Research Group, who I used to network with years ago. Now, a lot of these are older EVPs and were recorded on cassette tape instead of a digital recorder. By the way, kids, if you have no idea what I'm talking about when I say cassette tape, ask your mom and dad. Wow, now I feel old. Anyway, because they were recorded on tape and then analyzed digitally, there are sometimes artifacts from the analysis remaining on the recording. You might hear strange electronic blips and sounds, but the EVPs themselves should come through pretty clear. And by the way, thanks to Greg Brammer and his guys for all the hard work on these. You guys are absolute rock stars. Now, in our first EVP, Greg says that a coworker, worker Christy, approached him telling him that she and her family seemed to be experiencing some mild paranormal activity in their home. He suggested that she tried catching some EVPs and loaned her a digital recorder. After the course of a couple of weeks, Christy would record short periods of silence in her home after asking aloud if anyone was there who would like to talk to her. At one point, she asked out loud, Are you wondering what's wrong with this girl sitting on the floor talking to nobody? A few moments of silence later, a male spirit whispers, "Yes." Take a listen.
1: Are you wondering what's wrong with this girl? Why is she sitting on the floor talking to nobody?
0: Our next EVP that we have, uh, Greg says he considers to be their only hostile EVP. It was recorded at an old small private family cemetery near Mobley, Missouri, and while they were on an afternoon ghost hunt, Greg and his sister-in-law stopped at an old cemetery. As he sat there with the recorder running, he could hear her reading the names aloud from some of the stones. When she returned, she commented that there seemed to be a lot of small children buried there from the late 1800s and early 1900s. Now, later on, when Greg was sitting there analyzing The tapes before he went to bed he could hear melinda's voice way off in the background as she was reading aloud from the stones right out of the blue this obviously angry ghost screamed get out it was loud it was clear and apparently it was hostile this woman ghost was making it clear that at least from her point of view they were not welcome and greg said he showed this and played it for his sister-in-law and she swore that that was enough for her she would most assuredly never go back out into that cemetery again. Take a listen. The next one we have is what Greg considers a really cool ghost voice that was recorded on March 11th, and it was recorded at the Eusebia Church and Cemetery near Novelty, Missouri. Now, I will tell you that Greg and his guys do a lot of cemetery exploring uh it is a neat way to get out and do investigations without actually having to get permission of going into somebody's house or anything like that but same rules apply be respectful things like that and i know greg and he does that every single time that they do an investigation but that's a great way to actually get out and explore and try to catch evidence without actually having to go and do investigations so at any rate they were in the middle of nowhere and it's one of the spookiest places he says he's ever been to Now the church had been long abandoned and is actually about to collapse so he'd force open the old door after a whole minute of fighting it to break free from its frame. He says when he finally did get it to come open you can hear what sounds like a female spirit whisper okay as if she was watching me labor with the door and acknowledging that it was pretty tough to get open. So what you're going to want to do is you're going to listen to this and you'll hear the creaking of the old door as it comes open. And then you'll hear the voice uh, saying, okay. Now, while Greg says this is obviously a very clear EVP, he assures us that no one was saying anything, and it was not one of his guys. Take a listen to this. The last one we have from Greg and his guys was a file that is actually one of his longest ones. Uh, It is a fairly long EVP and it is really, really neat and kind of perplexing. It is what we would consider a ghost conversation, which happens more often than not. A lot of times if you set a stationary recorder down in a room, you'll catch what happens to be conversations. Actually, the first EVP I ever caught was a conversation that was almost 20 minutes long off and on. Uh, unfortunately, that was back before I was smart enough to keep such recordings, and it is lost to the ravages of time. But Greg's smarter than I am, so he saved his stuff. Um, this is an uh, EVP about a conversation about a problem, and there, everybody in the group is giving their input. The topic of the conversation seems to be about fixing something. Now, they have no idea what they're trying to fix, but there seem to be four ghosts, all of them talking about fixing something. There are parts of it where you can't really figure out what's being said, but Greg did supply us with a text of what they could figure out in it. Uh, In the first one, the spirit says something like couldn't fix it. The second one says move your whatever. That'll fix it. The third one, then nobody wants to fix it then somebody says hey henry could fix it somebody says henry and then somebody else says no but nobody wants to fix it and then the last one says he fixed it so that's kind of a neat conversation take a listen and if you hear other things be sure to let us know and i'll pass this on to greg and let him know that we've continued to do some analysis on this here you go <whistles>
1: And we can stand up and
0: so there you go guys that's the missouri paranormal group they're a great group for recording evps and they are kind enough to uh put them out in public where everybody can enjoy them so uh kudos to those guys they do a ton of work and they are absolutely top notch want to thank those guys personally now i want to share with you something that I amazingly captured while recording this fine quality podcast that you're listening to right now uh several weeks ago, I was recording a segment as I'm usually found doing on the weekends. Now, to let you know, I record in a practically soundproof room, mainly because I'm too lazy to edit out background noises. so <laughs> you guys can imagine my shock when I was listening to my files on playback and discovered that something may have not been pleased with my recording as much as I had intended. I cannot definitively state that our house is technically haunted, but I can tell you that we've had some odd things happen here. Take a listen for yourself. Ghosts can't hurt you, and the guy said, no, it won't. Ghosts can't hurt you, and the guy said, no, it won't. So there you go, guys. You can obviously hear my voice, my goofy voice in the foreground, recording as I usually do, but... Then in the background, it almost sounds like something's growling at me, which is not the first time I've captured a growl in my life. I'm going to play it for you guys again. Ghosts can't hurt you. And the guy said, no, it won't. So what do you guys think? I I could tell you for a fact that there were no animals or other people nearby. I was the only person in my house at the time, and there were absolutely no outside noises or ambient noises inside the house what do you guys think you know be sure and tell me in the comments or maybe shoot me an email or message with your thoughts I'd love to hear them. now I would like to share with you guys what many consider to be simply put the scariest EVP ever recorded I would like to be able to sit here and tell you that I calmly sat through the entire recording the first time I heard it and that I was unfazed by it but not really in the practice of lying It is not only the content of the recording, but also the energy, the length, and yes, the violence of it that caused me to need to stop the recording and take a break about a third of the way through. Now, if this is authentic, and I have no reason to think that it's not, it is the most astounding EVP I've ever heard, and one of the greatest pieces of evidence ever obtained. If you scare easily, if you're subject to nightmares, or if you simply get the heebie-jeebies a little easier than most, I want to warn you now that this recording may be disturbing to you. It was to me. Uh, Let me give you first a little background on the recording before I subject you to it via the Central New York Ghost Hunters. In January 2007, the Central New York Ghost Hunters, based in Syracuse, New York, were invited to investigate an old hotel in upstate New York. The investigation proved to be one of the most intensely active the group has ever encountered and produced an EVP that is remarkable not only for its length, but also for its terrifying content. It may well be the most intense, frightening EVP ever recorded. On that weekend in January, CNYGH founder Stacy Jones and several members of the group went to the hotel on an overnight stay for what they thought would be a routine investigation. They had no idea what they were in for. Originally built in the late 1800s, the building was in its colorful history, the site of some nefarious activity, a fact that might be a key to what is heard in the EVP. On Friday night, Stacy and her group set up their equipment, audio recorders, video recorders, and other electronics, and settled in, hoping to document some evidence for the haunting the owners had claimed. Most investigations are relatively quiet, but this night was filled with paranormal activity, including muffled voices of unknown origin, footsteps from unseen bodies, and more. Members of the group confirmed that it was the most active haunting they had personally experienced. The real shocker came the next day. On Saturday afternoon at about 3 p.m., two female investigators and a member of the owner's family, also a female, sat on the staircase of the hotel with a digital voice recorder, intending to capture some EVP. They chose the stairway because they had all heard soft conversations and footsteps on the floor above, although no one was up there. When they later played the recording back, however, what they heard were not soft voices and footsteps, but something totally unexpected and completely terrifying. Stacey Jones describes what you'll hear on the recording. You can faintly hear the three females talking through the recording. You'll hear a female, the family member say, hello baby, and another long conversation. These are all human voices, but what sounds like a struggle or attack is going on as well. The male voice you hear was not present at the hotel. You'll hear a cuckoo clock, which was not present. A ticking of a hall clock, which was there. You'll hear what sounds like the microphone being moved, which was never touched and then the sound becomes clearer. You'll hear a creaking door and slamming of the door, which is real. Then you will hear an unknown woman say, get off me, and what sounds like the woman being attacked. The struggle continues for a while, and during the EVP, you can hear some of the investigators' conversations. After interviewing the investigators, they said they went and sat on the stairs of the hotel because they heard from an above floor what sounded like footsteps and conversations not what you hear on the recording. When the noises stop, you hear the investigators participate in a lulled conversation. They stated that they started to talk when the noises stopped. In their conversation, you will hear a male voice say, help me, several times. This EVP has not been altered in any way except that it was edited for time, Stacy says. CNY ghost hunters have tried to reduce the noise, amplify, and clean it up but found it difficult to make out exactly what was being said. And now, the recording.
1: Yeah. It seems to me that I was coming to the the God's So um, I had a little over the bank bankroll. did it. it. Good. And Good. had to Good. 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 So Good. one Good. 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 the
0: Okay. You guys still there? <laughs> Great. Uh that was freaking intense. I get uh goosebumps every single time I listen to that thing and if any of you have any thoughts about what they caught or any idea of what they're saying, please let me know on our Facebook page. I'd love to hear what you guys think. Well, guys, that's going to do it for this week's episode of True Paranormal, the podcast. I would like to thank Greg and his guys and the folks over at Central New York Ghost Hunters for all the hard work that you guys do collecting these EVPs. You guys are truly on the cutting edge of these investigations, and we'd be nowhere without you folks. Thanks a lot. You guys are absolute rock stars. Now, if any of you guys out there have EVPs that you'd like to share with us, send them our way, and we'd be glad to have a listen to them and share those on one of our future broadcasts also as always if you have your stories to share with us send them to us at true paranormal podcast at gmail.com or go to our facebook page at true paranormal the podcast on facebook and hit that like button hit the message button and send us a message we'd be glad to share your stories on air speaking of listener stories next week we're going to get back to clearing out this backlog i have of your guys's stories thank you everybody that is sending them in and keep them coming that's the whole reason that we're here so in the meantime my name is leo Rizzuti. this is true paranormal the podcast thank you for joining us this week and every week and join us again next week for another episode of true paranormal the podcast